Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast, where we promise that in the first five minutes, you are going to get something that you can use because parents are busy and we need to get this information right away. And today, this is a huge help in the middle of the night. So if you have a toddler that pees through their diaper in the middle of the night, we have an amazing fix for that. Laura, what is it? All right. Diaper doublers. What? A diaper doubler? You mean using two diapers, one on top of the other? Going up to a bigger size? What's happening? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So you can actually put two diapers on, which will help. So I always did a smaller diaper, their regular diaper on the inside, and you can put the the larger diaper on the outside. I also have been used thin maxi pads in those diapers as well. Well, at Amazon, they do sell diaper doublers, which are very much like pads, um, but they go inside the diaper for extra absorbency. So you can do a double diaper. You can use some stuff that you already have at home, or you can purchase the diaper doublers, which are absolutely designed and marketed to do exactly what they do. Just be able to absorb more moisture then the diaper that fits your child can do on its own. And that helps everybody sleep through the night. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Oh, Laura, this is a question that I got asked on an airplane one time coming back from Chicago by a complete stranger. I always make friends with people on airplanes. I can't take you anywhere. Uh, You can't. I will talk to anybody. It's always so fun. You get to learn so much about them. But today's topic is when and if I should do this again. Like, Do I have another kid? I sat next to the most lovely lady. I remember her son's name was Pandar. He was there and she was telling me all about her home country and the challenges that she had and the beautiful, she showed me pictures of a wedding. She was just the most beautiful bride. And that was her big question. She's like, you know, the real question in my mind, we love Pandar so much. I am just not sure. Should we have, do I have enough love? Could I give this much time and attention to another child? So we're trying to decide, do we do this again? Well, I have been there. So between my first two, there's eight years difference. So I had a eight-year-old and then Allison. And I don't know, maybe Allison was close to about two and a half, three years old. And coming back from New Orleans, I am car sick and I was driving. Mm, now you do get car sick, but... Not, I do. Never when you're driving. You drive Not us everywhere we go. That's so right. was that a red flag for you? Oh, yeah. So we get back to Atlanta at 10 o'clock at night. And I told my husband, I said, you go buy every pregnancy test on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Clear them out. Clear them out. And he's like, I don't know why you're paranoid about getting pregnant. We don't get pregnant like that. We had had some issues. And so we thought we were done. And uh, so he goes. How many kids do you have? 
five. Okay, if you think you're done, another Hello. public service announcement. Yeah. <laughs> another public service. Famous yeah. last words. Okay. Yeah. So he goes, you know, because Jim is so awesome and he goes and buys every pregnancy test on the shelf. And <laughs> you're drinking water so you can like, yeah. <laughs> and it's 11 o'clock at night oh. and I've been sick all the way from New Orleans. And sure enough, that stick was positive. And when I tell you, I can remember, now this was almost 20 years ago, or yeah, probably right now, a little mm-hmm. past 20, 20 and a half years ago. And I can remember exactly what step I was sitting on, what stair I was sitting on, holding that pregnancy stick and thinking, there is no way that I can love another child the way that I love these two girls. We were not expecting it. We had already kind of made up our mind that we were done. And <laughs> well, you didn't ever have to answer that question. Can I love another child? Because you had to love children. I had to love two. 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 Have enough love for one. Oh, my gosh. And that really is a question that I think that we so often get is how do we manage that? Are we ready? Mm-hmm. And can we ever really be ready? I mean, I I didn't think I was ready for the third, and it ended up being three and four. You were definitely not ready for five. Number five was (laughs) post-vasectomy, baby. And But I wouldn't have it any other way. And every single time, Mm -hmm. love abounded. It overflowed and seeped out of my husband and I and the kids that we had. It was incredible to watch. So not only was there enough love and that love expanded, but it was also an incredible opportunity to see what the siblings could do as well. Because love does not divide. It It multiplies. multiplies. It multiplies. And you're often thinking so much about the kids. How can I make the world revolve around another kid? Because this is exhausting enough as it is, and I want to be, you know, have them to have everything and every part of me. And how can I also give that to somebody else? Look, love does not divide. It multiplies. And watching your kids do the thing that is the most beautiful thing that families do, like working together to serve the youngest and weakest member, that is such a beautiful thing. And you remember when we went to New York, we flew to New York. Oh my gosh, best trip ever. Yes. And we were there for the opening of a Chick-fil-A and we were sitting next to this these wonderful people at breakfast and they were talking to us about the challenges that they had with a child who was very sick and the younger siblings and how they felt like they couldn't give oh. enough of their time and energy. And I was like, I promise you that watching what your family is doing, taking care of the child who is sick, all the demands that are on that, all the decisions, all the time away at hospitals, that is going to make those younger kids better people. That is going to teach them more about life and love than any other situation you can imagine. They're going to be just fine. And so if those kids could be just fine. If you have one <laughs> that is a toddler running around and you're asking yourself, do I do this again? I remember it. So I'm a Christian and I was praying about it at night just feeling so like close to the throne of God in that moment. I was just like, Lord, am I going to have more kids? I had one chubby faced toddler who we adored <laughs> and we had so much fun with, but I did. I wanted more. I always said to Tim, like, I want three. And he said, I want two. And I said, well, I'll just have twins then. <laughs> and lo and uh, behold, oh. yeah, I did. My mom's a twin. We knew it was a possibility, but it did surprise him a bit. So I didn't know that at the time. I just I think like, Tim is still surprised. <laughs> he is. He loves it so much. 
And so I'm just like praying. I'm like, Lord, is this going to happen for us? Are we going to have more kids? Is Grayson going to have siblings? Is he going to be a big brother? Can we do this? You know, can we afford it? You, you know, you're asking all these questions. And I just felt like the Lord's like, yes. And you're going to have a boy and you're going to name him Hamilton. Oh my god! And gosh. that was like the next day. I'm like, okay, great. I think like, did I make that up? I'm having my Bible study and I'm looking in it. And I was literally in Bible study that was talking about Abraham. And so what my eyes laid on that very first morning was that ham meant, the suffix ham meant to be fruitful. And oh. I was like, okay, I'm going with it. I don't know how I'm going to convince this man that we're going to get Hamilton, but we got to go with it. We're going to get him. Yes. He had like every name. Have you picked names? Like with another person, he had like, no, we can't name him that. That was like a girl in the second grade. I didn't like, no, oh that was gosh. like, you know, post lady that tried to run us over. I, it was just like, <laughs> really? Like you've had that many bad experiences in life and you do these people's names. So I told him and he was on, he was totally on board with that. And then our friend Pam actually named Bryce at the office. She was like, if you have two kids, you're named one of them Hamilton. Now what did you know you're having twins? Were you going to name the other one? I was like, I don't know what goes with it. And so it was Bryce and God intended both of those incredible boys because I was an anxious mom. I was a really anxious mom with Grace and I just wanted so badly to do everything right. And being a pediatric nurse, you're worried about every disease everything. that could possibly, yeah. Happen, you know, to just enough to make you nervous with your own kids. God was like, yeah, you need to calm down a little bit. I'm going to give you two more kids. <laughs> you just don't have any time to worry about any of that. And with Grayson, like you had to put on a hazmat suit to like go visit him in his infancy. And with Hamilton and Bryce, it was like, they're pulling stuff out of cushions. Like, hey, mom, is this a raisin? And I'm like, I don't know, taste it. And if it doesn't taste like a raisin, spit it spit out. Spit it out. <laughs> well, and that's so true. I mean, it's, you get so stuck right in what you can see. What's mm. right in front of your face. And sometimes that's misconstrued. If you can just kind of get past that, then you can kind of say, oh, okay. And I always had to just keep telling myself to breathe one step at a time, one step at a time. And when I could kind of break it down to that one step at a time, I felt like I could handle it. And we even in our toddler book, we have a cheat sheet called bringing home a sibling, right? So yeah. Because we want to know that our kids can handle this disruption. And it is a disruption. It is. And it is the most gracious and wonderful. But sometimes we act like we're bringing home a disease. We've talked oh. about this before. You're not bringing home a disease. You're bringing home the best thing that ever happened to that toddler. Bring them out of that little egocentric life a little bit. Give them just the beginnings of compassion and understanding in that household where it's nice and safe. And if they want you to take that baby back to the hospital the first day or two, it's just unfamiliar. They're really not jealous. They just want to know how to manage it. So you can help them. And I always found, at least with mine, as I brought home new babies, the best way to do it was just to act like this is just what we do in this house. Not it's a so big normal. deal. It's so normal. I found that that helps so much when we didn't just make a big, we didn't make a big deal about it. Life kind of went on. Babies take more time. You're going to be okay. And just being confident, even when I had to pretend, right? We're good at pretending. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, okay, I'm going to make it and my kids are going to be okay. And I'm going to feed this one as soon as I can get to it. I promise you're going to have a snack. And one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received was when I was nursing, and you've got a toddler who's climbing all over you and wanting your attention, and mama, 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 and you've got babies you have to feed. I kept a bag 
of just fun toys, little toys, things that only came out when I was nursing. Best piece of advice ever. I usually kept it kind of stuck mm-hmm. in between the cushions mm. and I could whip that thing out and it would buy me that 10 or 15 minutes if I was lucky to be able to finish doing what I was doing. <laughs> well, even when you're pregnant, like you were talking about feeling so sick and throwing up and you have a toddler that needs you. I remember like just being on my face on the floor because the floor was so cool and I just wanted to be on something cool. And Grayson coming over, like tapping me on the head, like, mommy, are you okay? I'm just like, yes, mommy is just getting cool here on the floor for a minute. He'd like lay down right next to me. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, one of my favorite stories, one of the moms who was pregnant asked her son to wipe up a spill in the kitchen. And so he threw the rag down and he put his foot on it and he was like, eh, 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 just wiping it with his foot. Cause that's what she would do. Cause she was too pregnant to like to bend roll. over to wipe stuff up. So he had just watched her. And so he wiped the floor up in a very pregnant woman style. <laughs> it was just, oh, that so is cute. The best. It brings out so many great things. Some days you're crying on the floor on your face and some days. And that's you okay. See, yes. Right. Totally I mean, okay. it's okay for us to so feel overwhelmed, wondering how we're going to do this and how our kids are going to adjust and how we're going to manage all the things that we have to manage. It's okay to feel overwhelmed, but we can't stay there. That's, we just can't. And if that means leaning into our partner or leaning into a friend or or talking to a counselor, we can't stay there, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we can't stay stuck. They need to eat. Yeah. Well, and it's balanced. It's just like this crazy thing in life where sometimes it just feels like I won't make it the next moment. And the next moment you're child is doing, your toddler, your older kids are doing something so incredibly kind. One of my consults was for a fifth child. You and I have both been part of this family's life and now they have this fifth child. They are just amazing and just have invited us into each one of these experiences. But she sent me her list of what the older kids do for the nighttime routine while this new baby is in the house, who does what? And the older kids are taking the toddler and reading them the story while she goes and does that last breastfeeding in this season as we're moving the schedules. And just to see, I'm like, it is so magnificent to grow up in Susan's house because they're learning so many things by having to do this in this season. Your mom's heart is like, well, I want to spend that alone time with each one of them before they go to bed in due season, in and out of season. Sometimes we have a chance to do it and sometimes we don't. I remember with the twins, I just wanted to like, I remember begging like in my heart to be like, can we just get through two books without them trying to throw it at each other or eat it? Like, you know, we got these expectations of, oh, it's just so wonderful and fantastic and angelic every moment. It's not. It's abject chaos. And then sometimes you are just blown away by the kindness that resides in the heart of your older kids. And you see the beauty that's been brought out. And that's why we end up having more. Right. That's why you have five kids. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I wouldn't have it any other way. So what do we say? If you say, should we do this again? Laura and I would like to chime in on that. And we say... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, the answer is yes, yes, you can do it. 
And we hope that you do. We hope that you use all the resources that will make it easier and that you hear a voice that encourages you and says, like, there are so many ways to do this, not one perfect way, but so many incredibly adventurous ways to expand your family. And your toddler and you are strong, adaptable, and resilient. Your messages are one of our very favorite parts of this show, and we love listening to them and answering your questions. Our phone number is 888-234-7979 if you want to leave a voicemail. Then make sure you subscribe to this show so you don't miss if we answer yours. Hi, um, my name is Devin Snow, and we follow all of your mom's on call books from the time that Carter was about four or five weeks old. So he is 20 months old and he has crawled out of his crib twice. He sleeps in a sleep sack and he gets out with the sleep sack on, um, more like flips out of his crib. So we decided to transfer him tonight into his toddler bed. So this is the first night and I reread everything and I just want to make sure I'm doing everything right because this is my first night. So we're about to do bath, read a book, and go to bed. So, um, But I'm hoping that this goes well. So um, he's 20 months old, and thank you. Devin, thank you so much for calling in. Um, I hope we're catching you somewhere along this timeline. And yes, you are doing a great job, especially when we transfer from the crib to the big kid bed. One of the most important things to remember is... They love it. This is just more space for them to explore and, you know, a little something new that makes them feel a little bit more grown up. So we want to support you in all the ways we possibly can. It was time to get rid of the sleep sack. It was time to make that transfer. And if you followed all those guidelines in the Moms on Call book, then you'll know that he'll take a couple nights just to get used to that. And we like to close the door and lock it from the hallway side. So where the crib used to limit access to the room, now the room limits access to the house. And if we do that right from the get-go and um, say, I love you, I believe in you, and I'll see you when the sun comes up, just let them find their own comfy spot, even if it's in front of the door the first night or two. Um, You know, everything that happens will happen in the morning when you go in open that little door up and say, Hey, you could have slept in that bed. Um, you're going to figure this out and just move on. Then he'll just get into the new routine of things. And here's a beautiful thing about toddlers, Lord, don't you agree that they just want a routine. You can make it whatever you want. (laughs) You just keep it in place long enough. So that's the only thing that they know. Um, they really, really do love it. And they are safe and they are loved. And Devin, he can do this. Hi, my name's Katie. I'm from Missouri, and I have a one and a half year old little girl, and I'm pregnant with our second. And she is very mommy clean, and has been really for all of her life. It's kind of just been me and all about me. Um, and really, just wondering if you have any tips for how to prepare her for. Uh, what life is going to look like in the next few months. Thank you. 
Hey, Katie, I love that question. And we do get nap questions all the time because those are just, it's just tougher. Some of these kids just don't want to give up and miss anything that happens during the day. And so when you you get older though, then you're ready to give up and miss some stuff. That's right. Exactly. And so, you know, if we can, can pick two naps a day where we're really trying to let those two naps be the focus, it really will help set us up for success. And knowing what realistic expectations are. We know that naps, they typically sleep about 30 to 45 minutes. Then they wake up and fuss for 10 to 20 minutes. Then hopefully they'll doze for a few more minutes. Your goal is really to provide the consistent routine and the environment. And it's their job to kind of sleep and doze and work through that nap. So try to get as close to the next nap time as you can, even if they don't sleep the whole time. Once you're within that 30-minute window, if still swaddled, and at 10 weeks they should be, you can unswaddle, roll to their tummy for some supervised tummy time. Get up right once you're about 15 minutes from that next feed time, and that'll get you pretty close to keeping you on track for that routine. And really, once we get rid of that swaddle, somewhere around 12 weeks of age, a lot of times you'll find that those naps get significantly better, especially once they're rolling over. Gonna make this quick. Uh, My name is Kimberly Burton and I'm from Darien, Connecticut. My question is, would love to hear more about your opinions on dream feeding. My little one is 12 weeks and we just started Cry It Out, but... um, just wondering what your thoughts are on dream feeding and if it can actually help or inhibit the process. Thanks so much. Oh, Kimberly, thank you for bringing this up because um, one of the things that we noticed that surprised us when we started doing this was that sleep does not shift, it expands. So actually, kind of the earlier that you get them to bed in developmentally appropriate increments, like the mom's on-call schedule maps out for you, um, the longer they'll sleep. Laura, um, I know that you have some really good advice on that as well. Yeah, so what I've found, and, you know, after partnering with families for, you know, years and years, is really those dream Much fits. longer than what we look like. Absolutely. What we look like we could possibly have done. That's right. Since birth. (laughs) Pretty much. And so really what I've found, Kimberly, is that, you know, you're not going to get longer stretches of sleep. Uh, So it's better to just kind of get into that routine, get rid of that dream feed. Plus that kind of wakes up that whole digestive system, right? So, you know, now we're waking them to feed at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And now we're going to create that habit. So then they don't really need the feeding in order to sleep longer stretches. So let's just stick with that routine, especially at this point. We'll have them sleep in 10 to 12 hours before you know it. We always like to end with something good or uplifting or sweet. We want you to learn something from the Moms on Call podcast. And we also want to make sure that you leave with a big smile on your face. Laura, what are we ending with today? I have a question. Awesome. Have you ever been swallowed by a whale? <laughs> Does like VBS count when you're like reenacting a Bible story? <laughs> I was like maybe a cardboard one one time, but I'm sure what? it didn't smell as bad. <laughs> That's well, I'm just saying. Have you ever thought, even thought that you would ever be swallowed by a whale? I don't think that I'm in the circumstances. <laughs> 
That well, now when I was okay, a kid, no. my dad and I used to go to the Keys, and you know he used to like get lobsters with a Triton and stuff. <laughs> Triton. He, I had to hold the bag of lobsters. I was so afraid that they were going to like snap me with their little <laughs> pictures. <laughs> okay, that's that's the best. Well, then you have a little bit of something in common with Michael Packard of Wellfort Wellfleet, Massachusetts. So okay. he never thought that he would be eaten by a whale either. <laughs> Good. So he's been a lobster diver just like you and your dad. That's incredible. For years and years. And the way, the way he describes this. So he says, all of a sudden, I felt this huge shove. And the next thing I knew, it was completely black. And at, so I'm picturing this, okay? It's for real. So, and at first, I thought I had been scarfed down by a great white, but I was feeling around for teeth and I didn't feel any. And I could sense that I was moving and I knew that I didn't have any wounds and realized that I had been swallowed by a whale. And I could feel the whale squeezing with the muscles in his mouth. Because the whale was going, tastes like chicken. <laughs> so I'm just picturing this guy. In, it's black. He's thinking he's been eaten by some humongous shark. Well, like, kind of just better. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel like a tooth. I mean, what? what? So he says he saw light. And the whale started throwing his head side to side. He must not have liked the way he tasted. Mm -mm. Because the next thing you knew, he said, the next thing I knew, I was outside in the water. Because <laughs> he Just... threw him up. Yes! <laughs> He's going to have some kind of message from the Lord. That's how it worked in VBS. I'm just saying. Let's <laughs> like, pay attention to what this guy says from here on out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.